lot of places, haven't you? One too many. Which did you like the best? This one right here. Bet you said that to all the places. Please tell me, Jeff. Well, our friend Markham lived in New York. He worked with a sort of stupid, oily gent by the name of Jack Fisher. We called ourselves detectives. Find her, Jeff. Bring her back. What happens to her? I won't touch her. Okay. Oh, by the way, you mind telling me your name? Kathy Moffat. Thanks. And then I saw her coming out of the sun. And I knew why Wit didn't care about that 40 grand. Scott, have you seen Out of the Past? I've seen Out of the Past, but I have not seen it for probably 30 plus years. It was a film that in the 1980s, it was one of my favorite film noir and also probably my favorite Robert Mitchum film. And I can't remember the plot. Yeah, well, like many film noirs, it's a pretty complicated plot. Um, it is uh, a, an early film in Mitchum's career. He, he, was, he was a leading actor by then, not too famous. It's only the second or third film for Kirk Douglas who really uh, set up his screen persona as a kind of nasty character in this. And uh, Jane Greer is the female protagonist. Who kind of was the quintessential uh, femme fatale. She was. She is like this, you know, you think she might be okay. The Robert Mitchum character gets strung along and thinks she's wonderful, um, but she's lying and duplicitous and, you know, is this... Femme fatale, the French term meaning a fatal woman um, or an evil woman, a, a kind of character type that really goes back to Eve in the Bible or, or Pandora in Greek mythology, you know, uh, introducing evil. And, um, but uh, what, what's interesting about it, it, it it's an iconic film noir. It has all the, all the basic, you know, stuff. Um, uh, a, a, a tough guy detective, a dangerous woman, uh, a complicated plot involving fleeing to Mexico and money. Um, and it's, it's beautiful to look at, which is, is another f characteristic of noir. Today we're on Have You Seen? We're talking about film noir, one of the most iconic uh, film uh, genres or subgenres of movies within the crime and mystery element. And it was, uh, it, was, it was only a brief genre. It, it really pretty much was the 40s and the 50s, even though the elements of film noir live on today in, in various aspects. And then there's, of course, neo-noir. But it really was the 40s and the 50s, wasn't it, David? It really was. I mean, a classic way of um, almost cliche dating of film noir is that it began with the Maltese Falcon in 1941, the Humphrey Bogart movie, really the movie that made Bogart a star. Re directed by John Huston. Directed by John Huston. The year after that is when Bogart did Casablanca. And it, um, and and then from 41, and then ending with Orson Welles' Touch of Evil in 1958. Um, you know, you don't have to, there's people that'll argue there's a couple true film noirs a little earlier than Falcon and a couple true noirs after touch of evil. So basically it's the 1940s and 50s and particularly from the mid 40s on with the post-war period uh, to the 50s. And of course they 
it has to be in black and white to qualify as a film noir. And you have a, a, a precise definition of film noir. Yeah, actually, I decided um, I would look it up, you know, um, because it's a little harder to define. I mean, American cinema, Hollywood cinema is very much a cinema of genres, right? And some of them are just obvious right away. A Western is a Western. A mu- if they're singing and dancing, it's a musical. You know action adventure. You know romantic comedy. But noir is almost defined... Yeah, it's sort of a crime genre. It's sort of a follow-up to gangster films and so forth and detective films, but it's really more defined by its style. And I decided, oh, okay, I'll look it up. And here is the dictionary definition of film noir, a type of crime film featuring cynical, malevolent characters in a sleazy setting and an ominous atmosphere, atmosphere that is conveyed by shadowy photography and foreboding background music. And then it goes on to say a style or genre of film marked by a mood of pessimism, fatalism, and menace. And it also tells us that this term was originally coined by French film critics. In the United States, it was just, if you went to the movies in the 40s and 50s, you just saw these are these kind of interesting crime films, you know, mysterious. And they were frequently the B and C movies as well. Right. Frequently they were. Some... Because people saw double, triple features. That was the entertainment. There was no TV. They went to the movies. They'd see three movies in a row. Yeah. I mean, the classic film program was, you know, there were there were uh, newsreels, there were cartoons, there were previews, and there was always an A picture and a B picture. And those very much also defined the cost and the star quality and all that. And a lot of them were B pictures. But these French film critics in the 60s, many of them the ones that went on to become film directors themselves in the French New Wave, recognized this sort of genre, this sort of type of film that, was, that had been made for 15, 20 years in Hollywood that were really interesting, you know, stylistically and story-wise and different than, than some of the more mainstream, I don't know, films that portrayed things in a more positive light. They, they, they sort of portrayed a darker side to American culture. And these were films that were, they, they, they began after the beginning of World War II. Uh, they came on the, the heels of the Great Depression and, um, and Prohibition. And so they did portray certain darker sides to, to human nature and to, to culture. I mean, the, the protagonist of a, of a film noir is, is, um, is sometimes, say, the male anti-hero. You know, they're not really heroes. And they may be a tough, boiled, hard, you know, guy like a detective or something, but they might not be a completely honest detective. Or they might just be a small-time criminal, you know, a flawed, manipulated circumstance by circumstance, especially dragged around by their own, like, libido and sexual drive. And that's where you get the classic femme fatale, the, the, the almost cliche now character of the the woman who's luring them along, often contrasted, uh, if we talk about out of the past, with a good female character who's the better option for the guy, but he just can't help himself. He's lured by the, the excitement of this other woman and often lured to his death. Jeff, I had to come back. What else could I do? You can never help anything, can you? You're like a leaf that the wind blows from one gutter to another. You can't help anything you do, even murder. You can't say it was that. I can say one thing. I buried him. What did you tell him? Well, I... About us? But you couldn't help it, could you, Kathy? He knew it, Jeff. He looked right into me and he knew it. How much? What, Jeff? I mean about Fisher. Did he look into you for that, too? No, I didn't tell that. 
don't lie to me. I didn't. I wouldn't tell him that. I, I wouldn't tell anyone that. I swear it, Jeff. Believe me. Sure. Sure, I believe you. I didn't know what to do. I was always afraid of him and afraid of what I'd done. I couldn't live that way anymore. I couldn't stand it. Oh, Jeff, I've missed you. I've wondered about you and prayed you'd understand. Can you understand? You prayed, Kathy? Can't you even feel sorry for me? I'm not going to try. Jeff. Femme fatale character was attacked by feminists, but then later embraced by them because they realized these were women with power. It's a really interesting sort of dynamic, right? At first, uh, uh, cr some critics, feminist critics started saying this is terrible. I mean, you're basically portraying women either as they're totally good or they're totally evil. And the evil ones are, are often given the, the front row seat. And, uh, and it's a terrible portrayal of women. But then some others started to say, well, wait a minute. You notice these are actually, unlike many other movies, these are movies where women actually have some power. And they're often the lead characters. And sometimes they're put in the position they're in and have no other choice, which is kind of what you, have, you find in Out of the Past, that the, the character, she is bad. She does lie. She robs, she steals, she kills. But you realize she's completely trapped by the circumstances that, of the world the men have created around her. And uh, you mentioned the stylistic aspects of how this genre is defined by style. And the style is, is uh, uh, the black and white cinematography, the way that it's lit and shot. If you look at a movie, movies from earlier, from the 1930s, the gangster movies, which gangster movies from the 30s are a big influence on film noir, but you'll notice they're very high-key lighting. Even in a night scene, the main characters that are in the center of the screen are going to be brightly lit. Film noir, it took a turn in the late 30s and early 40s with some great cinematographers like Greg Toland, who, was, who shot Citizen Kane. And if you watch Citizen Kane, which is not a film noir, but you'll notice lots of really dark scenes. They're not afraid of the dark. There's scenes where it's, the characters aren't, you can't see their faces at all, or just a thin line of light, or you know the cliche light through the Venetian blinds with slashes of light, just a single source of light. And they were very influenced by like German expressionism and also by the sort of sensibility that went with that. And if there's any film that has a narration where the main character is narrating the film, that also kind of goes back to the film noir as well, where you had uh, the detectives, uh, it's, it, the movie is a flashback. Which brings us back to Out of the Past. Out of right? the Past. The voiceover narrator is a classic one in, in, you know, where you, you see some establishing thing. And in, in Out of the Past, you see Robert Mitchum, who's just this nice guy with a nice girlfriend living up in the mountains in California and running a gas station. And all of a sudden, this guy in a trench coat shows up and says, you got to come back and see that guy again. And so she drives him, his girlfriend drives him to this meeting up near Lake Tahoe with, the gang, who, with who we find out is a gangster. And, on, and he, on the way, he starts telling her the story. He's like, I haven't told you everything about myself. And then almost the whole movie is a flashback to when he was a detective and he went sent... sent to go find this gangster's girlfriend who'd actually shot him and stole all his money. And he finds her in Mexico, and she's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And he literally, at one point, she, she says something about, you know, maybe I'm not all you think I am. And he literally says, baby, I don't care. <laughs> and, and then he just, he's just strung along, which is, again, the classic male anti-hero 
kind of jerk in these movies until it, it, it comes to a stunning conclusion um, uh, with, as I said before, things you might not have suspected about her and just gorgeously shot. Out of the Past, directed by Jacques Tournier, starring Robert Mitchum, Jane Greer, Kirk Douglas, Rhonda Fleming. It was made in 1947. Thanks, David. Thank you.